Surprise! Happy Friday! We're back. Another episode of the Audible. Uh, I did not tease the show today due to the uncertainty of it, but however, we are here live on Football Life. This is Football Life presents the Audible. I'm your host, Randy Hammond, giving you Week 13 preview action with my buddy Matt Bushnell. How's it going, my man? Randy, it's cold here. It's it's so cold. Oh. I, I I woke up this morning. It was 68 degrees in my house and I'm freezing. I had to put on my Bears jacket and I just had to put on sock warmers, you know, blankets. It's just this, this is hell. I don't know whether to be insult, insulted or offended or whatever it is, but it hasn't been 68 degrees here in at least two months. So I'm not really trying to have this conversation with you right now. All I know is we need to move on before I get upset with you. Um, 68 degrees is cold. This is how soft we've become as a country. Uh, it's your fault, Matt Bushnell. Absolutely 100% your fault because it is currently 47 degrees in upstate New York. So you do not want to hear your nonsense today. But, Matt, we have a game to talk about. Not only we recap the Thursday night football game, um, but instead we have a Wednesday afternoon football game, which was just a delight, if you ask me, which we'll, we'll get into here briefly. And then we're going to preview games a little differently this week. I came up with an idea to see how it goes. Uh, we're going to go back and forth, and we'll, we'll tell you about it when we get to it. Uh, and yeah, we're going we're gonna to see how this is. Thanks for sticking uh, joining us, if you are joining us, because it's a 1.30 start time, Eastern time. It's a little bit different, but we had to push it back due to some Matt uh, scheduling issues, but we're here. On a Friday, excited to talk about football. So let's get right into it, Matt. Wednesday afternoon football, just as they planned. Prime time, baby. The, the ideal slot for football. Wednesday, middle of the week in the afternoon. Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, Robert Griffin the third playing quarterback. I loved it. I could not take my eyes off it. As bad as this game was, I just love – I can watch football every day. Part of me just wants there to be football every single day. I mean, I'm all for Wednesday football. You know, if you want to give me football seven days a week, I, I am not going to look a gift horse in the mouth here. But damn, that was a shitty game. <laughs> um, watching it, I totally expected the Steelers to completely blow the doors off the Ravens. But yet there is Big Ben throwing the worst red zone interception I have ever seen in my entire life. Not to be outdone, he does it again later on in the game with another terrible interception. So I don't know if this is a statement game. The Steelers were just out of whack. I mean, half the Ravens roster wasn't even playing. Um, mm -hmm. McSorley is now your highest rated passer in the NFL with a minimum of six attempts with that 70 mm -hmm. yard touchdown pass. But man, uh, God, I, I tip my hat to the Steelers defense. They did what they did, but man, what a just a hard watch, but a fun way to entertain yourself on a Wednesday. Yeah. So let's talk about how we got there quick here. This was supposed to be the primetime game on Thanksgiving, the, the eight o'clock game after you're done eating and your, your stuff with pie and everything. This was supposed to be the only good game on Thanksgiving because we didn't end up getting one. Uh, the Ravens are dealing with a coronavirus outbreak. They have over 20 members of their organization with COVID-19. Uh, it got pushed to Sunday and then it got pushed to Monday and then it got pushed to Tuesday and then it gets eventually pushed to Wednesday. Uh, I don't know why really they had to go through the ringer of getting a push back two additional times but uh they pushed it to wednesday and instead of it being at night due to a uh, christmas tree lighting ceremony in new york city uh, that also airs on nbc every year they had to make it in the afternoon so that's how we got here and 
someone who works really early in the morning, I enjoyed it because I, I can watch the game and then go to bed and still get a proper amount of sleep. Uh, but I, I can't imagine this game got a crazy good rating, but I, to my delight, I, I, I got to sit there and watch a football game in the middle of the week that I normally would not get to watch. So despite how terrible the football game was, I, I enjoy football of all kinds. And being a Giants fan, I'm used to watching terrible football. Uh, I'm okay with it because I wasn't super invested in the outcome. Uh, I was just in, enjoying watching what I was watching. And, uh, you know, Steelers get the job done here, 19-14. to 14, And the game wasn't that close. Uh, Trace McSorley comes in for RG3 late in the game and hits uh, Hollywood Brown, who probably makes the first real play he's made all season and takes it 70 yards to the house. Um, RG3 did not look very good. I was more impressed with RG3's running it uh, the ball which uh, he hasn't played in however long he he's pretty much a shell of himself at this point but he finishes 7 of 12 for only 33 yards and then a pick and he has seven carries on the ground for 68 yards uh and then trace obviously comes in two for six 77 yards in the touchdown but they, like you said this game's a lot to do with the steelers defense because at, at points this season you you think about how the steelers offense is broken and it's not broken but it's sort of like ben is kind of washed He's old. I mean, we knew this, though. I mean, Ben coming in hadn't played all last year, basically. Uh, and there are parts where the Steelers' offense look great. They have great playmakers. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, those are that is a great trio of wide receivers, and they, they're really good at making plays. This was a brutal game for Deontay Johnson. He had five catches, uh, or he had five drops, I should say, and one of them was going to be a touchdown, and he just on the ground. Uh, and Ben, you mentioned his interception. He had a throw late in the game to James Washington, and he literally just floated it in the middle of the field with three Ravens defenders there, and somehow Washington catches it. But if that's any quarterback, you know, I feel like if that was an Eli Manning pass, it's a pick six, and I'm not even shocked because it was such a terrible throw and decision that he just gets away with it. I don't really understand. Um, but there's something up with Big Ben, Matt. I don't know if you got to watch too much of him this year. Is it just age? Is it just trying to find his groove? Is it sort of, I don't want to use the pandemic as an excuse because everyone's going through that. What do you see from Big Ben? Why can't the Steelers offense be more consistent? I mean, when you're, what, 38 years old, you're taking the amount of hits that he's taken and he's overweight. I mean, there's a lot of things about Big Ben's game that leave you just like, man, it's, it's getting close to the end of the rope there for Big Ben. He's still... The, the arm strength, I think that's the one thing like a lot of people may not notice, but he's not making those deep downfield throws. They're not stretching the defense that way anymore. A lot of his throws are pretty much underneath and let the receivers run after the catch. So much that Collinsworth even called it out during the game, along with one of his other blunders that he uh, threw out there on Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon for one of those nuggets. I just my biggest concern for the Steelers is the quarterback position. Are they going to be able to get enough consistent play to really beat one team? Cause I think that's what it comes down to. I think their defense is so good that they're going to be able to get to that last game in the AFC playoff picture. But then you run into a different beast and something entirely different with the chiefs and no, no question about it, but this team's good. Tomlin's a great coach. I mean, honestly, I think we get to the point where Tomlin's been so consistent and so good, we don't take into account how great of a head coach he really is. I mean, he's approaching Bill Belichick territory, and I know a lot of people will call that blasphemy, but I like Tomlin a lot as a head coach. I think he's done a magnificent job, but this offense is what's going to hold this team back. If you can't put up points on that Ravens defense, 
And I know it's a good defense, but we're talking guys like Pernell McPhee being out, who's actually a key contributor to them. Um, part of their secondary was out. It's not a good look for you, that Steelers offense, in my opinion. I, I think this game kind of puts them under a microscope after getting enough rest to really show up big. Yeah, so that brings me to my next point I want to talk about here, and it's been a conversation we've had in, in football life uh, because, you know, Steelers are 11-0, and I think that that's something that we have to look at now as a real possibility that they could go undefeated for the season. So I want to just read off the remaining five games of their schedule and ask you just straight up, can the Steelers go 16-0? And, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, next, they have Washington coming to Pittsburgh Uh Monday at five o'clock, there's two Monday games due to this pandemic scheduling. So they play on Monday against Washington. Then they go to Buffalo to play the bills. Then they go to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Then the Colts go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. And then they wrap up the season going to Cleveland to play the Browns. What do you think, Matt Bushnell? We're we getting another 16 and 0 team for the second time ever. No, no, Th this team, I think that Monday night game against Washington is going to be really hard. I think they lose that game. I don't see how they coming from a Wednesday and having to play on a Monday. We're talking like what, four days. So that's basically the equivalent of playing Sunday than having to play Thursday night football. And they already look sloppy. I I'm going to take, I, I feel like I got to take the Washington football team here. I think they're a better defensive front. They can get a lot of pressure on Big Ben, make things very uncomfortable. And then I think they follow that up with another loss to the Bills. Okay. So, I mean, that ultimately probably knocks them out of the one seed. So, if they, if they lose one game, it should be to an NFC team, which would obviously have to be to Washington, because that would be the tiebreaker with Kansas City, which is conference record. And Kansas City obviously lost to the Raiders earlier this year. So, if they're both 15-1 and one and Pittsburgh's only loss, say, is to the Washington football team, then the Steelers still get the one seed. If they lose two games, then you need to hope and pray that KC loses another game to someone i don't know how the likelihood of that is happening so uh i think it's more and more unlikely however i still love their defense but um their defense and now this is going to be another transition here uh took another hit in this game uh after they lost devin bush already this year and now they lose an even bigger piece in bud dupree who is a is an elite pass rusher a great name for a play, football player if you ask me um and I think this is a big loss. I know TJ Watt is still there. They still have a great defensive, uh, you know, roster. But Bud Dupree, I feel like, is in and around the quarterback every single play. I don't know what you done, Bud Dupree. How big of a loss is that for Pittsburgh? Monumental because you able to get pressure from both sides. You can line TJ Watt up pretty much anywhere on the field, and you know you can use those to run stunts. Both of those guys are monumental to the Steelers' success. Losing Bud Dupree means you can focus a lot of your attention on T.J. Watt now, which definitely sets back this defense. You still got Minka Fitzpatrick, who might be one of the best secondary players in the NFL, but to really have those pass rushers like a Bud Dupree, it speeds up the clock and makes the secondary better. I know the old, yeah. age old question, does a good secondary make a defensive line better or does a defensive line make a secondary better? In my opinion, it's always the defensive line making yeah. an average secondary look better. So this hurts them. And I think Alex Smith has definitely shown enough where you can feel like Alex Smith can lead this team, can manage this team to wins if that defense gets stops. And that Pittsburgh offensive line isn't really that 
I, I don't want to say they're bad. They're okay. You know, I don't think they're one of the better offensive lines out there. And then you talk about now you lost Bud Dupree and you get to see a defensive line that you had this week with Washington when you're coming with Monte Sweat, Brian Kerrigan, Chase Young. It's a tall task, I think. Yeah. But the Bud Dupree injury is monumental for that defense. I just think now you're looking at the impacts of it where, you know, when you're facing them and you have Dupree on the left side and TJ Watt on the right side, you pretty much have to play them straight up or you put two different bodies on them to spy them on top of the line. Now you can come over and put the tight end on the right side of the line and give TJ Watt a chip and not have to worry about the left side of the line nearly as much. I think that's huge for game planning purposes. It's just a, it's a glaring hole and a weakness now on the defense that wasn't there before. You can lose Devin Bush and still kind of make up for that and, and have the defensive front uh, kind of carry the team. I think the defensive line can carry any team uh, if it's good enough. So I agree. It is a huge loss for the Steelers. And, uh, you know, I think it's cool if a team goes undefeated, but I think even Steelers fans might be op- more optimistic, get the loss out of the way here. Uh, and then maybe you'd be more optimistic about the playoffs because I remember the whole stigma around the Panthers in 2015 was, Oh, they're 15 and Oh, you know, you got to lose because you're going to end up you know, pulling the Patriots and the, they did lose to the Falcons in week 16, but then they lost in the Super Bowl. But many of them don't think they would have even made the Super Bowl if they hadn't lost and they would have just choked in the first round. I don't know. I mean, it's a whole mental aspect to this that we don't really know about or understand. I think the Steelers are going to come out and try to win every game because that's what you do in the NFL. I don't put much stock into how they've looked against their opponents. They've historically played down to their competition. They're the Steelers. I mean, Mike Tomlin has always done that. At the end of the day, you win your games. That's what matters the most. They're obviously the second best team in the NFL. I don't think either of us would dispute that, Matt. Uh, But now the question is, before I move on, one more question about this game and this team. Can they beat the Chiefs even at their best? No. Nope, I don't okay. see it. I have a hard time thinking that they could score with them. That, that's my my biggest thing. I know how great their defense is, but the Niners' defense was pretty damn great last year too, and they were up ten and still couldn't hold on and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, uh, I just I, I I think the world of the Chiefs. I think everyone who watches and listens to the show knows that what we think of Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So it's going to be hard to take them down. But that game, if it happens in the AFC Championship game, uh, I can't wait. All right, so week 13. Normally we go down and we'll do the whole rundown of early games, late games, and the primetime games and the whole thing. I'm going to do it a little bit different this year or this week. See how it goes. Matt, you and I are going to go back and forth pick each game. However, we're going to pick the games in an order in which we want to watch the most, the games that intrigue us the most. This way we end up talking about the Jets last. And if someone wants to stop watching or listening, go ahead. We don't care. I understand. Like <laughs> no one wants to hear us talk about the Jets. We don't really want to talk about the Jets, but this is like the, the kid in the dodgeball in gym class in high school who gets picked last because he's the nerd. That's the Jets. Uh, so we got 13 games here, Matt. I'm going to flip a coin. Uh, whoever gets, uh, whoever wins the coin toss gets the pick first, which ultimately means you get the Jets at the end. Matt, uh, uh, heads or tails? Tails. All right. It is tails, my friend. So you get the first pick in the week 13. What I want to watch uh, pick them slate we got here. We're going to go and discuss each and every day, make picks as usual. But now we're uncertain where we're going next. So what you got right off the top? What do you think is the best game of the week? I want to see Buffalo and San Francisco. Okay. I, I think San Francisco, when healthy, they can make a lot of noise. I think Buffalo is kind of one of those teams that's wildly overrated. And it really, for, for my personal pleasure, Randy, this puts Henry Maldonado Jr. between a rock and a hard place because he loves him <laughs> some Josh Allen and he loves him some 49er defense. So he's got to pick one of them. He does. So 
I would be so happy to see the 49er defense show us the pumpkin that is Josh Allen. The pumpkin. I love it. <laughs> but Yeah, um, I think the, the Niners have played really good football and they're very well coached. And uh, Buffalo traveling to San Francisco. I like Sean McDermott as a coach, but the inconsistent play of Josh Allen is alarming to me here. Uh, I know that Jared Goff is, is pretty much a statue back there who gets told what to do. I think Josh Allen could still have similar struggles that Jared Goff had because his inability to be able to read uh, complex defenses and have read, um, you know, know bluffs and I think the Niners could really mess with him and I know he's mobile he can make plays with his feet on like golf but I could see Josh Allen having a similar game with the mistakes and the turnovers that Jared Goff had I think Josh Allen's actually had a lot of really good like turnover luck this year I think he's could have had could have had a ton more turnovers that he's had especially interceptions um and I might I have a feeling that might bite him in the butt this game this time around um and if you know the Niners win this game they're 500 they're six and six with a real chance of making the playoffs here so I'm kind of leaning towards you on that but um does the Nick Mullen Mullins aspect of this have any impact on your, your thought process here? No, it doesn't because you, you, here's what the 49ers do. They run the football. It's simple. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. I believe last year in the playoffs with Kirk cousins only thrown like, or with um, Garoppolo only throwing like eight passes. Mm -hmm. So this team's built to run and Buffalo is returning to nightmares that they had from the hail Mary in Arizona. Mm -hmm. That's so, right. Yep. Keep in mind. That's that my this, mistake. Yep, Corey was on the quickness to correct yes. you there, Corey Richmond. So thank you, Corey, for that. And yeah, I, I'm taking San Francisco in this game, man. I, I like where they're trending. And the rumor is that the NFL is preparing to move to eight playoff teams in each conference. Okay. So there will be no bye week for anybody. Yeah. So I really would like to see San Francisco sneak in there and beat either the Green Bay Packers or the Saints. But Focused on this game. I like San Francisco. I'm going to take San Francisco 20 to 17. I am also going to go San Francisco here. And thank you, Corey Richmond, for pointing that out, that the San Francisco 49ers are playing in Arizona uh, now because of the COVID pandemic. Um, so I'm going to go – I'm still going to stick with the 49ers. I think they're one of the best coach teams. They are obviously one of the more injury-riddled teams that we have out here, but uh, they are still very good and very difficult to play. And I think the Bills are flawed. So uh, I'm going to go San Francisco 26, Buffalo 17. All right, my pick is up now, and I agree with Corey Richmond in the comments section. The game of the week to me is Browns at Titans. Uh, I think these are very similar teams. They're both run-heavy physical uh, teams. Uh, the Browns are getting Miles Garrett back. Uh, and it's tractor Cito season, as we've talked about here. Derrick Henry is making his late season push, which it seems like he does every single year. If you love running the football and you love running backs, Dave Gettleman is probably watching this game on the big screen before the Giants game. Uh, this game is going to be fun. And I know that people think the Browns are frauds. I sort of think the Browns are a little soft here. But the Titans defense also isn't that great either. I think these teams are very, very similar, uh, both eight and three. Both This game has a lot of playoff implications on it. Uh, it could have a lot to do with the AFC playoff standings Matt what do you make Browns Titans what do you think I think this game's gonna be great I'm kind of on the fence on this because I think the Browns offense is fraudulent I, I don't like okay. it I, I think there are a lot of areas of concern but it's mirror images of the team Jarvis Landry AJ Brown Nick Chubb Derrick Henry um, defensively both teams are good I probably give a slight edge to Cleveland defensively but at the end of the day it's 
Derrick Henry show, King Henry. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I feel that. So I'm going to take Tennessee here, 31 to Cleveland's 20. I I think of the Browns as like, like a, a playoff team, but just one of the playoff teams that struggles against teams that are equal or better than them and teams that can win games uh, against teams that are worse than them. I think they've had a couple of good wins, but I think their best win is the Colts, which you could argue is sort of a, a – it's it's not the greatest team. It's a good defensive team, but it, you should have a better win than that. They got beat up by the Ravens. They got beat up by the Steelers, and pretty much uh, every game that they've had a great opponent, they they don't win those games. So I think these teams are evenly matched. And I want the Browns to step up in this situation and win a game on the road. I am just not as confident in doing so. I do think the Titans win. There's something about the energy of this team when Derrick Henry gets going. I love the whole tractor Cedo thing. They really just embrace his running and just like, take hey, carry us to the promised land here. Mike Frable seems like he's doing it again with this team. Uh, and they're looking like they're take, just riding the back of Derrick Henry into the playoffs and just say, let's see how this thing, far this thing takes us. Uh, all right. Yeah. Titans for me too, I guess, but it's going to be a close one. I really enjoy this matchup. I think it's going to be Titans 30 Browns 26 uh, with, you know, Baker Mayfield having a chance to maybe win it at the end. All right, Matt, your pick is up now. Where are you going next? I'm going to take another game in the great state of Arizona, the Rams coming okay. to play the Cardinals. This is a statement game for the Cardinals here. They have been struggling with the Rams for a long time. So this game is so important for a confidence builder, a boost, if you will, for them. If the Cardinals can beat the Rams here, it really puts Kyler Murray on that pedestal and it really, that division becomes tightly wound. You could be looking at the Rams at seven and five, the Cardinals at seven and five, the 49ers at six and six. And then of course we'll get to the Seahawks later. We'll be interested to see if how that game gets picked here, but I'm going to take the Rams here just because I don't think the Cardinals has shown me enough to trust them to win some of these games. Um, a lot of it's comeback moments and Aaron Donald is such a force and Jalen Ramsey one-on-one on DeAndre Hopkins. If Larry Fitzgerald doesn't play, it's going to cause issues. I think Christian Kirk is better in the slot than he is as you know, your number two wide receiver. So it's going to be an interesting game, but I like the Rams here. Yeah, I think this is actually a huge game for the Cardinals because their schedule isn't the, the easiest schedule down the stretch. And I don't like what I've seen from Kyler Murray in the last couple of weeks. He's really kind of looked bad, especially against the Patriots last week. He's had the worst game he's had all season. Um, and the defense we've talked about has really only looked good in one or two games all year. I think that the Rams kind of take care of business in this game. I like the Rams front. Uh, I just, I can't get the image of Aaron Donald just destroying Kyler Murray. And, you know, I saw a stat that he had like no tackles in his last three games, but he gets like triple teamed every game and he still finds a way to get near the quarterback and like scare the hell out of every pass, uh, every passer in the league. And I'm like, this guy, there's no stat for like hockey assists or almost sacks or things like that, but he'd definitely lead that. I guess pressures would probably be the best way to go about that. But Aaron Donald, it makes so many plays. And I don't trust the, the Cardinals offensive line. And so if Kyler's banged up and you have a bad offensive line and you got Aaron Donald and the rest of the Rams defense coming down and, you know, giving you everything they've got and Jalen Ramsey shadowing uh, our friend DeAndre Hopkins, 
not really our friend, but I like to call him our friend. Uh, that's a big that's a big deal. Who's going to step up and make plays? Are you going to rely uh, on your running game, which has been super sporadic, especially if Kyler's hurt because he hasn't run the ball as effectively? And rely on Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. I feel like there's a miscommunication between him and Kyler twice a game. Uh, there's just a lot that can go wrong for the Cardinals in this game. And the Rams coming off of a bad loss to the Niners. I think the Rams bounce back and win this game. I'm going to say Rams 24, Cardinals 20. All right, I am up next. And, and examining the board, there's a couple ways I could go about this. But the quarterback situations in a few of these games turned me off. So I'm going to go the first Monday Night Football game, Washington at Pittsburgh. And we briefly discussed it earlier here. I think, and I'm with you here, that this could be the first loss the season for the Steelers only because of three men on the defensive line for Washington, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young. Yeah, this game to me just screams upset special. I, I, I'm going to find it really hard if they can pull this one out. So I'm just going to take Washington. I, I think it's going to be an ugly muck-it-up game. Uh, Washington 20, Pittsburgh 18. Uh, I, I mean, it, that's kind of like what it would have to be, though, right? I, if, if you're going to win this game, the Steelers aren't going to bl- like blow the roof off of you. And um, Washington, you know, they scored 41 against Dallas last week, but it would take like a three interception game for Ben for that sort of thing to happen again. Um, Washington, don't look now, has played a lot better as of late. Uh, I know, you know, you lose two games to the Giants, and that's why you're four and seven. If you win just one of those games, you have the division on lock here. But uh, Washington, I think, has as good a chance to win the division as anyone here, and I love their defensive line. I th- I'm a big proponent of you have a great defensive line. I'm going to love your team and think you have a chance to win it all because I watched the, the the best day of my life until recently was when the Giants won Super Bowl 42 and they had an a, awesome defensive line and they had no business even being in the Patriots game, and they were, and they won because of it. So if you have a good defensive line, it can control the entire game, and I love that about Washington. And I, I, I can't even, like, the division's so bad bad and it really really is bad and <laughs> I can't even believe I'm having this thought but I kind of think the Washington football team could win this game and what alarms me about Pittsburgh is they play Wednesday they have a quick turnaround on Monday that's weird I don't know how well players are going to react to that I know it's the same as if you played Sunday and again on Thursday but the Steelers are a very emotional team they have been always under Mike Tomlin uh, you could totally have taken that that Ravens game to heart and said, hey, I'm pissed that it didn't play well, and you could either bounce back from that or you could just sort of overlook Washington and, and not want to even play their, that game. So uh, I'm going to go Washington as well in an ugly, ugly game. I'm going to go Washington 19, Pittsburgh 17. Yep, I, I, I agree. Um, let's go with closing my eyes here, Indy versus Houston. Okay. I, I, I am – I cannot say enough great things of how great Deshaun Watson has looked the past four or five weeks. He has ascended to that next quarterback level that we all kind of like, all right, Deshaun, we see these errors in your game, holding onto the ball too long, staring down wide receivers. He is in total command of what's going on at the offensive on the offensive end of the football field. He's making the right decisions. His accuracy is fantastic. That doesn't get enough play here because guess what? Deshaun Watson has a better accuracy, has a better completion percentage than our bromance with Patrick Mahomes. So I love me some Watson here. And I'm, I'm taking the upset here. The Colts activate DeForest Buckner from the COVID-19 list. But I think the Texans are starting to hit that next stride. They're starting mm-hmm. to figure things out. And I like 
I know Will Fuller's out. That's going to yeah. hurt. But yeah. Brandon Cooks can step up here. The Colts have not looked great the past couple of weeks. So I am going to take the Texans 34 to the Colts 29. You know, I, you and I sometimes I feel like share a brain because I totally had that in my mind as one of the upsets of the week because of Deshaun Watson and how well he's played. But then I remembered his favorite target is now gone for the year. I think Will Fuller, his impact is massive because he can create separation. He's a deep threat. Uh, he's just a playmaker. And now if you look at their offense, who's making plays for them? Who's creating separation? What is going to make them score 34 points in this game? I know they have Deshaun Watson, but he can't throw to himself. Uh, you know, you're going to need Brandon Cooks to step up. You're going to need Randall Cobb to turn back the clocks here it's they have a couple decent tight ends um so i i'm skeptical because i really like the colts defense i don't know if they could really crack against uh, got a, an offense without a ton of playmakers so uh, i'm gonna go the colts because without will fuller i just don't know what to expect from the texans i do think the texans keep it close and i think they cover um but i think the colts win the game and i think it's going to be the colts 23 the texans 20 uh, and now my turn to pick the game here. And this is tough. I'm not sure where to go. And this is, you're starting to get into these worst games here. Um, but I think I'm going to go in the four o'clock window and snag Eagles at Packers. And because I just love watching Aaron Rodgers play football. Uh, and I think uh, Doug Peterson came out today and said he's not giving up play calling altogether. He's just going to call less plays, which it's something, I suppose. But you look at how bad this Eagles team has played in the last month, and I have zero confidence that they could go in and beat the Packers. Um, but I will say this, that the Eagles went into Lambeau last year and beat Green Bay when no one expected it. However, that was week three, and they were not nearly as injury-riddled as they are now. And Carson Wentz is playing much better football. That's what this comes down to. Carson Wentz on pace to get sacked second most times ever in a quarterback in NFL history. We talked about that last show. Uh, you know, for me, the Packers, it's time for the Packers to go on a run here and try to snag that one seed. And I think they had a nice win last week. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the you beat a division game. I know you're, you're buried down in the Bears, but you win a division game that big. You look that good. Uh, you have to feel good about it. Packers need to go on a run here. I'm going to go Green Bay, Matt. What do you think of this game? Yeah, you said about sharing the brain. I agree with you here. I, I don't think the Eagles – there's too much turmoil here. I think the Eagles are fading fast. I like the Packers here, and I, I'll probably go Packers 31, Eagles 17-ish, somewhere around that score range. I just don't think Carson Wentz is the guy, and if Doug Peterson can't look at it from a different point of view, sometimes taking a step back helps as a play caller. I, I just I don't know if this Eagles team is where it needs to be, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers by about two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I just think the Eagles are, you know, a little frisky. I think they could make a game a little interesting, but I don't trust them to to win this game. Uh, and the Packers, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers is on one of these tears right now that's so special to watch. Uh, and I, I part of me just kind of wants them to get the one seed because uh, I think that they are the best representative of the NFC at this point, especially if the Saints don't have Drew Brees. Um, and I think the Packers are probably – uh, one of the more complete teams in the NFC. I think the Bucs, when Brady's playing fine, it, are pretty complete too. And the Saints are pretty complete when they have Breeze. But there's something about the Packers that I just trust more than those other two teams. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Green Bay uh, 27, Philly 20. And, you know, it'll be close, but, you know, another ugly game for Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Yep. And uh, that's going to be a theme. 
So there's two ways I can go with this one. Like, I, I do think this next game will be entertaining. I really don't want to talk about it, but I'm just going to get it out of the way. The Detroit Lions <laughs> at the Chicago Bears. I knew you couldn't resist. I, I really didn't want to go this way. But, um, you know, another rivalry game between Leon and myself. We saw the Bears rally back from, you know, 24 to 10, I think it was at one point that game. I can't remember exact 24 to six and the bears end up winning 27, 24. It was a shit show of a game. Trubisky got hot. We all know Mitch versus the lions is money. He always seems to play his best football against this team. So it, it's almost like fate that Nick Foles got hurt in this, in this time frame for this game. So I, I'm going to take the bears here. I, I hate this game. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to acknowledge it any further than this, but I'm going to take the Bears 27 to Detroit's 25. Yeah, I, Mitch does own the Lions, oddly enough, but I guess if there's any team in the NFL that Mitch Trubisky would own, it would be the Detroit Lions. I'm sorry, Leon. However, Leon, I'm not sorry because they – now the Lions are coming off of firing their general manager and their head coach, which I, I can argue that you should have fired Matt Patricia a, a long time ago. But uh, now you have Daryl Bevel coming in, being the interim head coach. And now it is a transition period for the Lions. And typically this goes one of two ways. Your team is rejuvenated and happy they don't have to play for a bump coach anymore. Or they check out completely and they just say enough with this season. I'm ready to move on with my life and get ready for next year. I have a feeling the Lions are going to go <laughs> – the ladder there and just, you know, kind of quit. Uh, I don't think the players in the field necessarily will quit, but I think some veteran guys might just say, all right, this, this season's over with here. Um, but I don't really know what to think because the bears could also be a similar situation where like Mr. Bisky's a bum. I don't like, I don't want to play hard for him because the bears defense last week did not look good. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, which is a, you know, a massive difference between him and Matt Stafford at this point, but you know, the, the Bears defense to me looks and they're I'm not a body language expert, but it doesn't look like they're super interested as much as they were early on in the season. And it has a lot to do with the offense to me. Uh, but I do think the Bears win this game and go six and six and then they would be in a real playoff position still at that point. Uh, so I do think the Bears win this game. I'm going to go 17 to 14 Bears over the Lions. Uh, all right. Now I have another pick and uh I'm going to go with two first place teams in their divisions, Matt Bushnell. And I think you know where I'm going with this because this was just a normal first place matchup. We would probably would have knocked it out really early here, but you have the four and seven New York football giants leading the NFC East traveling to Seattle to play the Seattle Seahawks. And I knew I was going to get this game eventually. And I would have picked this game earlier if Daniel Jones, I knew for sure, was going to play. He is still dealing with a hamstring strain, did not practice yesterday. I'm not sure of his status today. Uh, if I'm Joe Judge in the New York Giants, I'm just going to sit him. I'm going to say, take this week off. It's Seattle. We're probably not going to score with them. The defense has played really well this year, but they haven't played an offense like Seattle, I don't feel like. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the Giants have had the easiest schedule on defense and the hardest schedule on offense. So it's weird. Like, they've played teams with great defenses and bad offenses all year round. This is the first real test for an offense, I think, against the Giants. And, uh, you know, it's also Wilson at home who is incredible. And his splits from home and road are pretty impressive if you watch. He's not the same player 
when he's on the road. So uh, DK Metcalf took Darius Slay to, to the church last week, basically on Monday Night Football, and you know had 170 yards receiving on Darius Slay, who's one of the better corners. So as well as James Bradbury's played, I can't help but to think DK Metcalf might play well against him as well. Matt, you're one of the biggest DK Metcalf fans I know, if not the biggest. Uh, it's hard to imagine he doesn't have a great game in this game, right? Oh, he's going to light their asses up. It's going to be Christmas time for old DK. I mean, so large picture of this game, uh, the Giants look good against teams that are on their level or just below their level. And I, I think Seattle's a notch above. Do I think with a healthy Daniel Jones, could this game be somewhat competitive? Absolutely. Well, I go back to Daniel Jones. He just hasn't looked good this year at all. Hasn't looked comfortable in this offense. Can't find rhythm. He makes some big plays here and there, but then he also, you know, he hasn't had the turnovers lately, but you still saw those turnovers earlier in the year. Like, oh, damn, Daniel, that's bad. <laughs> but if he doesn't play, this game isn't close. Carlos Dunlap totally transformed this defense. I keep mm-hmm. on going back to that. Jamal Adams is really good. And I know a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, he hasn't been that good. He hasn't been standing out. But if you mm-hmm. watch the tape, you yeah. can tell. Watch the coach's tape. It's a different picture of what you get from Jamal Adams. He covers up a lot of mistakes. So, with- uh, yeah, yeah, everyone points out the interception numbers. He's not the, that kind of player. He's hardly ever deep down the field in coverage, which is where a lot of, you know, safeties and corners get their interceptions from. He's constantly in the box. He's constantly blitzing the quarterback. He's not a guy who's going to get a ton of interceptions. He's at least probably look at the forced fumbles and fumble recoveries more. Well, even that, I, I look at the tackles and even yeah. tackles for losses with Jamal Adams. He, yeah. If you're looking him to be uh, Earl Thomas, he's not Earl Thomas. He's Cam Chancellor. That's who he is in this defense, which is equally important because the Legion of Boom was good at all four positions in the secondary. But I I just go back to the Giants. It's going to be a long day having a defense that tries hard but Mm -hmm. lacks talent. Bradbury is good, no doubt about it. But Tyler Lockett's equally as good. It's going to stress that defense a lot. And Chris Carson, I think, is a full go for this game. Um, you know, and they're starting to run a little bit with their running game. I just, I, I don't like the Giants traveling to Seattle and trying to win this game. So I'm taking Seattle. I'm going to go Seattle 38, the New York Giants 14. Yeah, I think that a lot of Giants fans are excited, which is fine. Uh, no one expected them to be in first and you know they probably shouldn't be they're four and seven you know it's not like they've been great uh you you could point at being competitive in games and be optimistic about that which is a change for them just getting toasted at every game they play in and giving up at this point which we've seen too often with coaches in the past so i'm optimistic about the coaching staff in that aspect but then i look at their wins they beat the washington football team twice for some reason in my whole life they have owned washington uh, I do not understand. And I think Washington is fine, but you know, those two games, Washington completely beats themselves. Uh, they beat Philly, which is their best win of the season. They beat Philly by 10 and they hadn't beat Philly at four years at that point. So that to me is a good win. And then last week you beat the Bengals without Joe Burrow and you barely beat them by two. Uh, the, the defense dominates the whole game, but the offense looks lost. A lot of the times Daniel Jones plays well, one series looks terrible in another series. Uh, he flirts with turnovers all the time, despite not having one in three weeks, he still makes questionable decisions. Uh, Darius Slayton got completely shut down last week. Did not look good, but you had Evan Ingram step up. The, the problem with the giants is overall lack of talent in the trenches. I think the defense has overcome that where the offense is not. And the other problem, 
thumb in this game is despite how bad Daniel Jones has been this year, and I won't try to convince you that he's been very good. I think he's definitely taken a step back. Is Colt McCoy's playing this game most likely, and Colt McCoy hasn't won a football game since 2014. And I get he's a fine backup. He's a veteran. It's a good guy to have. Um, I understand that. He's just not a good guy you want to have start <laughs> against a team like Seattle, who's going to put up a ton of points. So uh, I worry about that. Um, I, I will point out the other thing I like about the Giants right now is Wayne Gallman. When Saquon Barkley went down, I, point, I said that Wayne Gallman was going to play better than all the other running back options they had. He scored a touchdown in five of the last six games for the Giants. So I really like Wayne Gallman as a running back. Once the line gets better, he will get better as well. So I do think Seattle wins. I hope it's not as big of a blowout as you say, but I have a hard time thinking that the Giants can really keep up with them. Uh, I'm going to go Seattle 31, the Giants 20. Yeah, I'm sorry, Randy. It's, it's okay. It's going to be a It doesn't game. mean they're out of the playoffs. It just means that this game is going to be tough. All right. Well, I'm going to jump to my, my adopted team. Since I, I don't know – what offensive football looks like in the city of Chicago. I'm going to take the Kansas city chiefs and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> this one is not going to be close. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, Tyree kill throwing up a bunch of points, Sammy Watkins, Patrick Mahomes, all those guys. I'm just going to love watching it. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this game, Randy, but the chiefs 44 Denver 17. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this Sunday night. This is a Sunday night football game on NBC. Uh, hey, the Broncos will have a quarterback this week, so <laughs> it's a step up. Uh, and I believe Drew Locke and uh, the Rippin. guy his, his backup. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Rippin. Uh, Rippin. Yeah, they're both taken off of the the COVID nineteen list after testing negative, so they're gonna have quarterbacks at least. But the Chiefs just gonna kill them in this game. I I just don't see any way that they don't. And uh, maybe Tyreek Hill will have 250 yards in the first quarter of this game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go Chiefs big, uh, 41 to 17, and the 17 is generous uh, at this point. All right, uh, looking at the slate here, there's some interesting games left. There's all. So some terrible, terrible games left. Uh, and I'm going to go with a division game here. I'm going to go Saints at Falcons. The Saints are 8-2, and two, and the Falcons have played better football since firing Dan Quinn. Raheem Morris is making a valuable case uh, in becoming the team's next head coach. And if I know anything about the Falcons, they are just content with just having guys who are in their building, take jobs, and not really out, outside of the box thinkers. So I do ultimately think he will get the job. And doesn't it feel like every year somehow the Falcons beat the Saints at home? Like, I, I don't know. I, gotta, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I just feel like the Falcons always kind of get them once. Yeah. You know what the funny thing about this, like I look at this team and you know how last year they kind of made a run. They started off kind of shitty. Yep but yet they finished kind of respectful. The Falcons are screaming to me that they're going to finish seven and nine. I don't know what the hell it is about this team, but I see seven and nine in their future and they're going to get this game. They're going to beat the saints here, Randy. I just, I don't believe in Taysom Hill. I haven't seen a lot of encouraging signs from him and the Falcons are playing hard for Morris. I I agree with you. I think he's their next head coach and they Mm -hmm. are going to finish strong for him. So I'm going to take the Falcons 24 to the Saints 20. 
I'm impressed by the Falcons defense because since firing Dan Quinn, they've been in the top five of every advanced defensive metric in in the NFL. And I didn't even realize that that they've played so well. And I mean, they put it on the Raiders last week and they won, they won, they won that game 44 to six and the Raiders aren't a bad offense. <laughs> so, I mean, you look at how like you look at that. Uh, I really just don't, and I'm with you on the Taysom Hill thing. Like he played well in the first game, which was against the Falcons at home, um, but then played awful uh, against Denver in Denver. And I think now the Falcons have tape on him. Like saw what he did against them. And I even think that against them, like he had a good stat line and played decent, but like he still had a ton of just errant throws that ended up being caught. You know, Emmanuel Sanders had a deep pass that he caught. That was like the corner completely overran him for no reason because he underthrew it so badly that the corner just kept running. <laughs> it looked like he didn't know what he was doing, but he kind of got away with stuff like that. And I just think the Falcons are going to come ready to play in this game. And Taysom Hill didn't look good at all last week, had less than hundred yards passing. I'm going to go Falcons upset city here. Uh, I'm going to go Falcons 27 saints 24. And uh, you know, I think Matt Ryan and Julio Jones is get the job done. All right, Randy, we're at that stage where let's just get the shit out of the way. Slim pickings, my friend. Slim pickings. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just going to do this just to do this. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I am going to take the Las Vegas Raiders over the New York Jets. What an upset. What a pick. It's crazy. A... Craziness. You, you picked the nerd in dodgeball with like six other people who were valuable over him. Hey, look, I, I don't think a lot needs to be explained. The Raiders are going to be pissed off. This is like a terrible game for the Jets to walk into. I, you're talking about a team that got embarrassed. That was widely one of the games that was regionally broadcast all over the country on CBS. So I'm taking the Raiders 34 to the Jets 10. It is going to be a fucking massacre. What if it's not? What if I said the Raiders are now going to free fall? What would you say about that? Get off the cocaine. (laughs) I really hate everything I saw with the Raiders last week, but it's the Jets. They're probably not going to lose the game to the Jets. I do think that they, the game will be close. Uh, They're going to New Jersey. So it's not like they're home. They're just getting it coming off an absolute schlacking by the Falcons. Josh Jacobs status, I think still uncertain for this game, which helps the Jets. Um, I do think that they win this game. I do not think it's a blowout. I think it's, they win 21 to 17 over the Jets and this game is going to be hideous. I cannot believe you took it before it was the last pick. You picked Mr. Irrelevant with other people available. That's crazy. I just, I I knew I was going to end up with it. Like there was no escape from this game. So let me just get it out of the way. Okay. Well, there's still good games here that I think you're going to regret not taking and good games. I shouldn't say good games, interesting games. And I'm going to take one of them. And it is the new England Patriots going to Los Angeles to play the chargers. Any game with Justin Herbert is a game that I want to watch. Uh, And unfortunately it's a game with Cam Newton, which I'm less interested in that aspect of. However, the Patriots now five and six and have tiebreaker wins over the Baltimore Ravens, the Oakland, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Miami Dolphins. So if the Patriots get into the swing of things here, they have several tiebreakers over other teams to potentially get a wild card spot. Um, But after how horrible, absolutely horrible Cam Newton played last week and how bad he's looked since getting the coronavirus. Um, it's hard for me to really love the Chargers because they blow every game possible in new ways every week. But I kind of like the Chargers here. 
I like the Chargers here, too. I think Justin Herbert is going to make a statement game against Bill Belichick. However, Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks yep. is something that can't be discredited here. I do think, however, that defense is undermanned. Mm-hmm. So that is why I'm going to take the Chargers in the narrowest of margins, the Chargers 16 to the Patriots 15. Oof. I I don't know if they could hold the Chargers to just 16 points. I, I don't at home too. I don't know. I, I really like Austin Eckler coming back for them. He played really well for them last week. And I, I think Keenan Allen could like going to get shadowed by Stephon Gilmore. That makes sense. But you know, Keenan Allen plays better at home too. I, I kind of think, you know, the, the Chargers are looking for a bounce-back game here. I love how Joey Bosa played against the Bills. I think it's going to be a long day for Cam Newton in that aspect as well. I just if, – if the Chargers score, you know, 28 points, are the Patriots capable of scoring and matching that? I, I don't think so. No, de- definitely not. But I, I, I cannot just ignore Bill Belichick's track record. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh I am going to ignore it for once. I typically don't, but I think I am going to, and I'm going to go Chargers 28 to, uh, I'm going to uh, 28. I'll, I'll give the Patriots some points. I'll say 23. It's going to be a lot of field goals, but I'll give them some points. I'll go 28, 23, which totally means the Chargers are going to blow this game late. Cause that's just what the Chargers do. <laughs> okay. All right. Getting down to the nitty gritty. I am going to take, I don't know. This is like, which one do I hate worse? I will take the Miami Dolphins against the Bengals. I'm, okay. I'm going to take the Dolphins here to complete their playoff push. This game will cement them in the playoffs. They will move to eight and four. They're going to beat the Bengals. Doesn't need a whole lot of coverage here. The Bengals are just undermanned everywhere. So Miami 22 to the Bengals 10. I just think you start you you watch the Bears so much you're starting to like watching bad football. I think that you picked the worst game that was available. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's either that or I get Baltimore and Dallas, and I don't want to see either of those two teams play. So. There's another perfectly good game that I thought you would be all over, and uh, the game I'm going to pick next. But uh, <laughs> did I miss it? It's an NFC North team. So, oh God! Uh, yeah. No, that game's going to be trash. I think it's going to be better than this one. But, yeah, Dolphins' defense has played really well all year. I'm not sure you get Tua back this game. It might be Ryan Fitzpatrick once again. But 8-4 and four for the Dolphins is going to look damn good when you're going down the stretch to make the playoffs. But I want Tua back in there as soon as possible. That's, like, the interesting part of the Dolphins for me. Uh, they're obviously the, uh, a rebuilding team, a developing team that's still winning, and that's so hard to do. So I want Tua to get these reps. I want Tua to play if they make the playoffs. I want him to get those snaps uh, because those are so valuable moving forward in your career. I do think the Dolphins win this game because you're going to get Brandon Allen playing for the Bengals again. I'm going to say Dolphins 27 to Bengals 14. Okay, moving on. And I'm going to go. Jaguars traveling to Minneapolis to play the Vikings. The Vikings have played decent football. And I know they lost to the Cowboys, but, you know, they're kind of entertaining all of a sudden. Like, they started 1-5, and and now they're 5-6. and And they have a real chance of making a playoff run here. And the Jags, despite losing 10 straight, uh, feel like they're in a bunch of games all the time for no reason. Uh, They came into Lambeau and almost beat the Packers just a couple weeks ago. So, I don't want to really watch Mike Lennon. That's, like, the downside of this game. But, uh, you know, the Vikings, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and my favorite, one of my favorite fantasy pickups of the year, Justin Jefferson, probably second rookie of the year voting behind Justin Herbert. 
is on a tear. And I love watching the Vikings offense, which is crazy because Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. But uh, And the Jags, they have one of the best undrafted rookie running backs in a long time. James Robinson's fun to watch. So there's aspects of this game that are entertaining to me, and that's my case for picking it now. And I think it is, uh, you know, it go, it went where I thought it was going to go, but also I kind of enjoy it. I kind of like where I got this, this game. Minnesota 31, Jacksonville 17. You're just not going to offer any analysis on the breakdown. That's okay. Uh, Matt, you just don't entertain me at all. I don't, I don't that's not fun. I have no desire to watch the Minnesota Vikings stomp a mud hole in the Jacksonville Jaguars. You talk about a team that's checked out. Everyone's getting fired in Jacksonville. Everyone, maybe even the cons. So well, they did fire their GM. That's good to bring you brought that up because they did fire their GM this week. And uh, as of now, coach, the coaching staff is still in place, but I, I tend to agree. I think they're going to end up getting canned too. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I have no rooting interest outside of Adam Thielen throwing up three touchdowns against this garbage-ass team known as the... Jefferson, I need to win it in the league that I have Justin Jefferson. Go all Thielen, all Thielen. Ignore Justin Jefferson doesn't exist. No, I need, like, look, I'm six and six. If I go seven and six, I'm a lock for the playoffs. I'm third in league scoring. Give me, give me some Justin Jefferson love in this game, and I think I'll get it because Jacksonville's defense is pretty piss poor. Um, all right, Matt, you got one game left. I thought it was going to be the Jets, but here we are. You actually get a decent game, all things considered, for it being the last pick. Yeah, Dallas, Baltimore. Baltimore's defense is better than Dallas's offense. Um, the Red Rifle, many matchups against that Baltimore defense, and damn it, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to officially knock out the Baltimore Ravens from any playoff contention. Dallas 27, Baltimore 14. There are some serious issues with this Baltimore offense, not being able to do much of anything. Even I don't care if it's Trace McSorley, Robert Griffin, the third Lamar Jackson, Trent Dilfer, Charlie batch, whoever you want to throw in there. (laughs) It's all trash. There's another Ravens quarterback I can't think of that I grew up watching, but uh, I wanted to throw in there. But is is it pretty much the RG3 show again? There's no chance Lamar Jackson gets to play in this game? I haven't heard anything. Uh, I would imagine he might be out. Granted, it's a Tuesday night game, so maybe he gets to play. But it doesn't matter. Like, Lamar Jackson's better than RG3. I get that. But this offense has been stuck in the mud with Lamar back there anyway. Dallas's defense sucks anyway. So really, I mean, maybe you know, I take that back. Dallas twenty-seven, Baltimore twenty-four. Yeah, I I just don't see how Baltimore's defense. Baltimore feels like a better version of the Bears, but that defense is probably getting pretty sick and tired of that offense sucking ass. Yeah, John Harbaugh uh, coming off the coach of the year last year really not doing a great job this year and it's a different year. I'm not making excuses for him, but that offense has been really bad all year and it's, it's not looking like it's going to get any better. And if the Cowboys win this game, then my, my Cowboys rant from a couple weeks ago still doesn't play here. Um, I think if Dallas wins this game and Washington wins their game, you know, it's going to look worse and worse for the Giants to win the division, uh, which I know everyone's excited for it. But, but uh, you know, I think the key for the Cowboys, and it's key for many teams, but that Thanksgiving game, they had brutal turnovers. You cannot have three, four turnovers every game and expect to win. So uh, if the Cowboys go pretty clean football here, maybe limit to just one turnover this time. You don't need to give the ball away four times, maybe just one time. Uh, Again, Mari Cooper involved. I know Felipe was looking for that word, uh, that name, Mari Cooper, uh, which I do have him in a fantasy league too, so I don't blame you there. But him and uh, Dalton seem to have a nice thing going there. 
I would love for them to get Zeke more involved. And it's not just because I have him on a fantasy team. I just think they're better when he runs well. I think the Vikings game, they won that game because Zeke played better and then Pollard played better and then Dalton played better. I would just like to see them get more involved. I think it's harder to run on the Ravens front, but Benny Snell did okay yesterday or on Wednesday afternoon football. He he had had some physical runs and I think the the Cowboys could implement that. And the Ravens are in a dangerous territory now where they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Uh, I think back to our conversation after, before the Titans game and Leon had asked us if, uh, the loser of that game is going to miss the playoffs. And we kind of focused on the Titans there. We didn't talk about the Ravens. Uh, they they might actually miss the playoffs in the AFC because there's so many teams in that wild card spot. Uh, if they lose this game and Lamar Jackson can't make it back, do you expect them to miss the playoffs at this point? Yeah, they lose this game. I think that's it. Just because you're going to have a defense that's tired of playing for an offense that can't really score points. And yeah. what are you playing for here? Because the, the Titans are better than them. I mean, the Steelers are better than them. The Chiefs are better than them. So, I mean, it's, it's not looking good for this Baltimore Ravens team and who could very well end up drawing the Chiefs in the first round. Yeah, well, spin zone, if you're a Ravens fan, the last two years, the narrative has been that Lamar Jackson can't win the big game. Uh, he had a brutal playoff game against the Chargers in 2018 where he had like four fumbles and they lost that game. And then last year, it was the one seed. He's the MVP. They they let the Titans come in and just run it all over them and bully them all over the place. This year, spin zone, if you don't make the playoffs, there's no embarrassing loss in the playoffs. Hey, it's something, right? Win-win. <laughs> maybe take a year off from the playoffs and then get your mind right, come back next year and maybe get some fans in the stands and, you know, go from there. Oh, man, I don't know about you. I thought this was a success. I actually like doing this and going back and forth and picking these games. It was a blast. It was a blast. I may have missed some, may have picked some crappy games <laughs> due to my poor Bears fandom, but, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, if, if you haven't got the chance to check it out and just joining us now, uh, go back and listen to some of Matt's picks. I, I questioned his decision-making skills, but that's okay. It's football. I think you're just we're just so accustomed to watching bad football that you're it's all the same to you at this point. It's just you hike the ball, they run, and they throw, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm used to seeing, you know, throwing into the other team, not being able to run the ball successfully, but playing really good defense. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to put a bow on this uh, on this Friday afternoon show a little bit later start than usual. So thank you for bearing with us uh, for that. Uh, you know, exciting weekend of football coming up. A, good, a lot of good college football games. And then this NFL slate, obviously, we're going to be back Tuesday, Matt, and we're going to have a game to discuss <laughs> uh, when that happens. I believe uh, yeah, that, that Cowboys Ravens game is going to happen on Tuesday. So we're going to have to figure out a schedule situation for that. But, uh, you know, we'll be back on tuesday matt why don't you tell us about the rest of the life group podcasts yep. check out um total basis podcast on sunday with felipe malicio and sean connor flannery monday dong city with vince mercandetti and henry maldonado jr tuesday the audible the award-winning the audible show yeah randy and myself a lot of emmys are starting to pile up here um and then wednesday we have the step back with leon and jacob you know, Leon's going to be probably in a little somber mood when the bears beat his lions and they don't get that playoff run. He so desires, but you know what? On the hope for the best and Friday, we're back Friday, originally scheduled time. I am assuming. So 
stay tuned. Yeah, unless unless you know you're being called to save the world uh, one one shot at a time, which you know you're you're doing bigger things than this. Uh, despite my belief that there is no greater thing than talking about football, but uh, you have more important things in your life to do than just this. So uh, thank you for sticking with us uh, with all of these changes that happened. And I know I didn't even really tease the show in the group. So if you're joining us now, I apologize. Uh, all right. Well, Matt, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope everyone who's joining us uh, has does too. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you're joining us later and you're watching, watching us on YouTube or listening to any of the audio only platforms, we really appreciate it. So thank Thank you guys for all the support we are so so grateful i hope you guys enjoy week 13 we will be back on tuesday my name is randy hammond for matt bushnell this has been the audible see you guys tuesday